Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ask the Amigos. This is a show where Aaron and I answer all of our Discord community's burning questions. First, right off the bat, Ricky DeRosha asks, when is Amigos Dungeon Crawler month coming? That's apropos, Boat. What do you think? <laughs> you're, I know you're a fan. That'll be on the 12th and ever, Ricky. <laughs> That's not going to happen. You know, I, I wish I still had the jack. I, I, okay, I'm not going to lie. I was never a huge fan, all right? And it's not because they aren't any good or whatever. I play actual Dungeons & Dragons, and when you've played that, everything else pales in comparison. That's a, that's a shoot, Boat. You've, yeah. played the, you've played the real thing. It's hard to get oh, into it on the computer. I understand completely. I mean, and you can't discount the fact that when you are crawling around a dungeon and playing Dungeons & Dragons, you're doing it with your buddies. You're not sitting alone in a room by yourself with no background music because it's the freaking Amiga. <laughs> Duncan Stiles asks, which of the official Amiga bundle packs would you have gone for? You can choose one for the A500, A600, A1200, or just the A500 plus if you're low on time. So he's given us a list of Amiga bundle packs. Okay, do you yeah, have one right off the bat, Aaron, that you would have bought? Uh, do, can we hear some of the lists here? Because I don't know all of them. Well, uh, there's the Batman pack. Yeah. Uh, there is the uh, their Airbus pack. Which one came 500. with the 1200? Was that the cartoon pack? Uh, yeah, there's the cartoon pack for the A1200. Uh, there is the A600 virtual reality bundle. This one, uh, this one came <laughs> with uh, 3D constructions kit two and pushover. I'm gonna so, well, pushover is good, but I'm gonna go with the cartoon pack. Number one, you get an A1200, and number two, I believe that one included like did that one include Sleepwalker, and mm -hmm. wasn't like Lemmings in there or something? There's a, there's a couple of decent games in that pack. Absolutely, absolutely. Was that, was that right there? Okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, I'm going to go for a little thing I like to call the A1200 Desktop Dynamite, Aaron. Okay. Sounds lame. This thing came with uh, <laughs> Deluxe Paint 4 and Print Manager, Aaron, yeah. Word Worth 2.0, yeah. and what's described on this website as a rather dire game called Dennis and Oscar. <laughs> I've heard of that. Well, but I don't know why. Why did you choose that? Was it because D paints in there? Because it's desktop dynamite. But I've Listen, seen your D paint you, skills, and they're the, they're the dirt worst. But I need to practice. That's why I need it. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. All right. Chris Folds asks: Gelato, sorbet, or ice cream? Uh, ice cream, of course. We don't uh, do I, we don't do that other stuff here in the states. Yeah, we, I will say that ice, uh, the, the other sorbet we definitely don't do unless you have a heart condition and you need to eat something that's more healthy. Gelato, you have to go to a, a specialty restaurant to get. There's a place in South Charleston I really like that has gelato. Mm -hmm. But listen, uh, ice cream is the de facto standard around these parts. The I only question gelato is hard soft serve. I think they got gelato at like occasionally you can get at Fazoli's you can get gelato yeah, as well. Yeah, Italian restaurants will will have will have gelato yeah. for sure. All right, Dave Velociraptor asks, and this is a good question, flake, sprinkles, or raspberry sauce on your ice cream, I'm assuming? I don't flake? What's that? Like chocolate flake, like shavings. What was the other choice? Or coconut flakes, sprinkles, or raspberry sauce. Can I just get, like, liquid, like, dumped on in a, in a, in a, in a what, huge Okay, let's, let's change the question. What's your favorite ice cream topping? Uh, Chocolate. <laughs> like You like Hershey's syrup? Yeah, I like okay. syrup on there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I really like um, I really like the 
I've never really had raspberry sauce. Maybe I have. I don't know. But I like something. I like sort of a fruity kind of a sauce more than a chocolate sauce. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like your regular toppings, I'd go with the old crumbled up uh, Reese cups. Oh, like I didn't know that, that was a choice. Listen, man, anything goes in this question. You know, you can, uh, you can choose another one. You know what's a good thing to do is you ever have, uh, I like that that kind of pineapple gimmick you can get to put Oh, in. yeah. That's, that's not good. bad. You know, like a yeah. banana split. That's like a banana eating. split. That's really the only time I ever have that, and I don't know why, because it tastes good every time I, I get I never one. get banana splits. You go ahead and get me a Father's Day banana split at the show. I might do that. Yeah. R-Typer asks, given that crypto mining is at large, which graphics cards do you guys have in your machines right now? Well, Aaron, you just bought a graphics card. Well, I mean, last year. Yeah, uh, but well, I'll, that's a lot newer than mine. What do you got in yours? I'll, I'm going to look and see what I got in mine. I have a 980 Ti. You know, everyone's got these numbers memorized. Am I the only one that can't remember them? I don't, I don't even pay attention to them. I bought it uh, secondhand, uh -huh. which was funny because our, our uh, one of our friends berated me uh, and said, you know, you're going to end up with a card that's not going to... Listen, it's lasted five years, and it's still going strong, and I got it for, like, 200 bucks. Do I know so. this friend that berated you? Yes, you do. Well, who yes, was it? Just, 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 gonna... just name him. Who berated you? If he berated you, why are you protecting his identity? Say it. Listen, man, I'm not going to speak ill of the dead. Was it Brent? Someone, no. did someone that died? It wasn't somebody that died either. Well, I what? just don't like to speak ill of the dead. <laughs> you dipstick. I got the Radeon RX 580 boat. How's that? Okay. Yeah, that's a fine card. Is it? I don't know. I, I shouldn't know have got a Radeon because they have the streaming. They're not the best for stream. I got a 980 Ti because at the time, this was when I was going to get way into VR, and that was what people had. At <laughs> Can the you time, be more so. specific to which time this was the time? <laughs> the first time I was going to get way Aren't into Aren't you VR. into VR now? I am, sort of. How, when was the last time you used your VR stuff? The day after I bought it. And how long ago was that? In about four months. So you boated this one up too, didn't you? I did. That's the I true did. boat challenge to yeah. use what you buy. If you, <laughs> I, I've got it sitting on the couch. Well, that I makes sense. It, I'm like, man, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it's so <laughs> good. A good man. I was hoping you'd get that. Very good. Jonah asks, "Do you think the weather hasn't been good since man has? So, do you think that the weather hasn't been as good since man has landed on the moon?" Hmm. It makes sense. I'll say yes. Probably. Yeah. Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, asks, what's the one most annoying thing that bugs you about each other? Oh. oh. <laughs> You'll have to pick one from wow, the Wow, I can here. see. This, this is footage that's going to be on the next on Amigos 400, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. I've got... This is a cop-out answer. i got nothing bad. No. I'm going to give an answer, but then I'm going to give a disclaimer. I hate it when you bury the Amiga. You're an Amigo, you idiot. I keep telling you not to do that. And you bury it for no good reason. You just make up crap. Now, all that said, Boat is the reason that I'm here. and he's So I've got nothing bad to say about Boat. He's great to work with. He's creative. He's always he's Johnny on the spot. He always He's great at everything. I don't, I'm not good at nothing. I just got to stagger in. So Boat's great to work with, except he buries too much stuff. People, places, computers. He's a barrel machine. He should be an undertaker boat. Um, the only the thing that the the thing that makes me angry about you the most is the fact that you are nice to everybody all the time, one hundred percent of the time. Like, I give you so many reasons to like really despise me, and the only times that I've ever really made you mad, I didn't mean to. Like. 
it's I'll I'll say something that I think is is not not bad, and then you'll you'll be upset, and that makes me feel double bad because of all the things I do try to say to make you mad, and it doesn't work. Why would you so, try to make me mad? I never try and make you mad. I never try and wind you up. That's not in my constitution. You do that every time. Um, so clearly, that, you forgot about uh, insert this two from two days ago, where your only <laughs> reason we did that show was for you to try to anger me. <laughs> so. The uh, like, if you saw Aaron about his daily life and the way that he interacts with people, he treats everyone with respect, and he's always kind to everyone. And I don't, I just that makes that what? that makes me mad. You don't makes me What's mad. going on here? Did I write you a check? No, did you see him? No. Did you see you know ARG pretty- presents this morning? I was I was burying the bread on there. I'm not kind. I don't respect him. Screw that guy. Screw everybody. All right. Uh, Jason Warns asks an easy follow up. What's one thing you admire in the other? I wish I had Boat's ability to... I'll give you an example. I don't know if I can even spell it out. We went and saw wrestling, that wrestling show last month. Right Here we are at wrestling. Boat, he just rolls up with a tripod, mounts his phone on it, and just starts shooting this thing. He didn't ask for permission. He didn't give any craps. And I said, Boat, aren't you afraid you're going to get like in trouble? He's like, nope. And he just kept right on. I don't have that. I'm not brazen or I don't have any, like, I don't have enough, like, uh, uh, I don't have the ability to just go off script like that. Boat does. It gets stuff done. He gets stuff done. And that's the difference between me and Boat. I'm not that good at that sort of thing. I'm always sort of trying to stay in the lines. Here's the thing that I admire about you. Much like Mr. Rob Flacco O'Hara, you were in it to win it from the beginning. You got to experience everything that was cool about the technology revolution firsthand like you were there when computers were a thing before they weren't a thing and then they were a thing and you were there so that was your great. very age alone and your experience is something that i admire. that sounds like a burial to me boat what no you're just basically saying me and flack are old you heard it flack <laughs> david z asks follow up to jonah's question do you think that men really landed on the moon or was it all staged and in a movie studio <clears throat> You know, my dad, for the longest time, did not believe that man landed on the moon. In fact, I think he does now, but I'm not 100% sure. I believe we landed on the moon. And the reason I believe... Let me stop right there. I believe we landed on the moon because there are ways that the people that landed on the moon put up little receivers that you could actually test to, to make sure they're there. And they had to be hand-placed. With lasers, you could determine that people did place things on the moon, okay? And so if, even if you don't believe it. That much said... To believe anything is to put faith in something that you can't prove. Like, I can't, well pro- I, well I, mean, I can't prove that there's a Russia. I've never been to Russia. I just assume there is because that's what I've heard, read, been, and been taught. You know, so there's a huge gap of information between what I think I know and what is reality. And the moon falls firmly into that category. They said they sent a guy to the moon. I saw them send a guy to the moon. So I'm going to go on the assumption they sent a guy to the moon. But on the same note, I saw some dinosaurs on TV. Now I Also, saw, Buzz Aldrin punched that guy in the face. Well, that was, yeah, that That's was great. That's what made me believe it. Yeah, so I, I, want to, I want to believe it. I do believe it. But for people that don't believe it, I'm not going to bury him. I'm not going to do it. Uh, Listen, you never in, terms of the, in terms of if you're going to pick a wacky conspiracy to buy into, please buy into the We Didn't Land on the Moon conspiracy because that doesn't hurt anybody. Right on. Hey, that was good. You believe we went to the moon, though, right? I do. Yeah. I do believe we went to the moon. Yeah. Um, Dave Velociraptor asks, uh, did they film the faked moon landing on location to make it more believable? Yes. Yes, they did. 
Do you remember? Did you ever see? Uh, I think the Bond movie was uh, um, "You Only Live Twice." I think I could be wrong, but there's a there's a scene in the movie where Bond is getting chased through the, uh, through the desert, and he rumbles into a moon landing uh, set. Right, and he he steals the moon buggy and dry, uses an escape car. Right, it's is this great. one of the Roger Moore Bond movies? Uh, no, I think this was a Sean Connery. Okay. Actually, it was an old one. It was so funny. That's pretty great. About, so, yeah, That's it's pretty real, great. It's you see him going over these dunes and this stupid thing, but uh, listen, I don't think they faked it, but they could have. It would. I mean, it could be done. Did they yeah. do it? I doubt it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, Lord Soup says, "Do you guys think that subscription services that offer a panoply of games for a fee is the way forward of game distribution? Stuff like Xbox Game Pass." Yes, absolutely. I've got Xbox Game Pass. And I'm only now scratching the surface of what is available on it. For $10 a month, uh, it is a tremendous value. Not just because you get some AAA titles on there, but because you'll uh, be exposed to titles that you never would have purchased or even known about. Uh, and you've got every reason to try them because you're paying for them, in, in a matter of speaking. I think it's a great idea. Sort of a, net, a, a Netflix of gaming. Now, the problem with that is... You're going to have ga- gaming could end up being a lot like television in a way, which is you've got your streaming services uh, that compete. Okay, so you can't watch Ghostbusters on Hulu, but you can watch it on Prime. Okay, for example, right. it could be the same thing, and it is the same thing. You can't play, you know, a Rockstar game on on uh, on Xbox Live, but you know now Xbox made deals with EA and stuff. Who knows how long those will last? And then ultimately, to really screw the deal up, you're going to have AAA titles that aren't available on any service. Just And those would be the equivalent of having to go to the theater to see a film. They'll probably eventually trickle down to one, but they're going to be uh, $60, $70 titles that you're going to buy on top of all the other stuff. We're fortunate in the fact, that, especially people like us, Boat, I don't really give a crap about AAA titles. I, don't even, I really don't give a crap about modern stuff. I'll play it if it looks interesting or if it's there. You know, but that's all like I can't very seldom do I'm like licking my chops. I gotta have it. Because we're sort of have both feet in the retro scene. Uh, right. but uh, uh so stuff like services are great for people like us. But if you're a real hardcore gamer, modern gamer, you put you in a bit of a quandary because do you want to pay for those services effectively full of also ran games or do you want to get the bit save the money to get the big stuff? Well, I think that just like with movies, you'll always be able to buy a la carte. Um, and then you'll have just just like if you if you don't have Hulu and you want to watch Ghostbusters, then you can just you know you can rent it or you can buy it and just outright. So right. I think the same thing is going to happen with games, where you will start to see more and more uh, Game Pass like services pop up, and you will have to choose what you want to subscribe to or not. But you'll still you'll never be completely locked out. And uh, again, a lot of times it's like oh man, Ghostbusters isn't on Hulu. But if I pay five bucks, then I can watch Ghostbusters, and then I can watch whatever other Hulu I want for the rest of the month, and just cancel at the end of the month. Right so on. even in those situations, it's still a good idea a lot of the time. Well, so. you know, Picard brings up a good point in the chat, which is you don't actually own anything. That's true. But here's the thing: that ship has sailed, right? Right. Remember when everybody fought with they, uh, Microsoft because they were gonna ha- they were gonna make you be connected to the net, and you were and they weren't any discs or whatever. That's it's they they lost that battle, but ultimately they won the war because now. It, that's all gone. That's all right. gone. And you have to, again, this is another uh, benefit of being a retro gamer. You can own 
the majority of the games you want and play them in perpetuity until the machine breaks or the media explodes, right? If you, like, I've got, I had a, a game I was playing on Xbox Live that went away, right? Well, I can't play it. It's gone, you know, and I don't buy it. I didn't buy it, so it's gone. So that's what we're here for. That's what's happening now. You, and so people have to sort of accept that. It's hard for some people to accept it. Some people flat out won't accept that, which I'm, I understand, mm-hmm. but that battle's that battle's over. You're not going to be owning anything anymore. It, that's what they wanted, and they got what they wanted because they knew exactly how to get it. Right, right. Datadog UK asks, when Google Earth was released, what was the first place you looked up? And he searched for Area 51. <laughs> Google Earth was quite impressive. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. what's great is I've got those virtual glasses. Now that you've got the thing, there's a VR thing for that. It's really cool mm-hmm. if you ever tried it. Uh, I think the first thing I looked up on it was uh, my old plant at IBM to see if it was if it had changed. I looked at which that's in Lexington. And then I think the second thing I looked up was uh, I went to Paris, I believe, to look around, you know, mm-hmm. down the street level because I thought that'd be kind of neat and pretty. Mm-hmm. And I've used it a million times. It's always fun to like look at where your house is and see how old the picture is. That's always right. kind of cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a great tool. I really love that. Yeah. When Google, uh, when that came out, I believe it was in 2007 or 2008. Um, at least that was the first time I used it. I was living in Korea. And I used it to go back right back to Hurricane. And I was looking at all the stuff in Hurricane and and uh, and looking at my house and all that stuff. And it is funny that you talk. I'm sure that in other areas of the country or the world, they update the imagery a lot quicker. But like the last time I checked, which has only been a couple years ago, uh, the image of my neighborhood uh, where, where Amigo Studios uh, was before we moved in because like there were landscaping things that we changed as soon as we moved in. Mm, so yeah, pretty yeah. interesting how often or non often those things get updated. Yeah. Uh, Ben's asks for Christmas last year, my partner bought me a beautiful Les Paul guitar. Oh, when I go, oh. when I go to play it though, I regularly think I'm not good enough at guitar to have this. I've been playing for 40 years, but consider myself quite average. Yeah. What have you been given that made you think I don't deserve this? If we trashed all the stuff we didn't deserve, that I would, I would be sitting on an empty bucket naked in the middle of the desert. I don't really yeah. deserve anything. You know, I certainly, like, I'd had, there, I, there are very few things where I think I've earned my chops in. You know, I'll tell you one thing, trumpet and baritone weren't a part of that, me that either. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought I was a really good computer tech when I was working for the old man there in Canal City. I thought I really honed my skills in terms of the actual, t- what I was doing and also mm-hmm. dealing with the public, I thought I really was a good hand at that. Now, the job paid less than nothing, but uh, I, I I thought I'd worked at it enough to where I thought I was really good at it. And there was a time when I worked at IBM that I thought I was a good, I thought I was a real solid hand at that, you know. Uh, but, you know, a lot of it's going to be job related because that's what you spend the most time doing intensely because you're being paid. Like, are there leisure things that I do that I think I would... No, I can't think of anything that I do on my leisure time that I think I would... I deserve something where I'm good enough... Like, if I was an amateur guitarist, I could see where having a less Paul, you'd feel like, man, what am I doing to hold this thing? You know, mm-hmm. I'm not in the same ballpark as the great guitarist. Right. So, yeah, and using those terms, I can understand that. Yeah, for me, it's definitely uh, all... You know... For what what I, uh, yeah, I think for me it's definitely any of my uh, martial arts stuff, 
So my karate gi, like I don't have just like a normal dude gi. I've got like the elite trainer, lightweight, blah blah blah. Cool guy like, gi. Yeah, and listen, I am listen. I I do not deserve to wear that. Um, I just got it because I thought it looked cool. Um, and uh, so I would say definitely my martial arts stuff because it's like yeah. I'm at a point in my life now where it's like if I can be more comfortable or if there's a thing that fits me a little bit better but it costs more, I'll go ahead and get it. But there are people that could destroy me, you know, at martial arts or anything really, and uh, and they they have worse equipment. It's like I, I've been taking guitar lessons again here recently, and my guitar teacher. Now I don't have a really expensive guitar, but my guitar teacher was telling me that when he goes to these camps, he'll see these seventeen-year-old kids come in with like Martin D41s, which is like a six thousand dollar guitar, and he doesn't have anything close to that, and he's a world champion flat picker, so. Uh, it's it's sort of interesting how that dichotomy works sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's like Willie Nelson. Have you seen Willie Nelson's guitar? It's got a <laughs> hole in it. You know, it's it's, like... it's funny. My buddy went to a concert, and the opening act was like, uh, who was that? He was a Hollywood actor. Uh, what Billy? Uh, Billy? He was the guy that played Sling Blade. Billy. Oh uh, yeah, Billy. Billy. It's like Billy, Billy D. Ta- Billy Tom, Billy D. Williams. That's no, who Billy it is. Billy Thornton. Is it Thornton? Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. He, and he, but he, apparently he has a country band. All right. Okay. And so my buddy said he went and saw this, and he was the opening act, and he came out with this like ensemble, this huge band full of guys, drummers and bassists and backup singers, all these people in the in the stage, and he went up there and he played, and my buddy said he was like, eh. He goes, then Willie came out with like one guy. And then right. that was his show. He had no drummers, but ba- nothing. It was just Willie. Well, Willie's a natural. You know, he can yeah. go. Some guys can right. get away with that. Some guys can't. Yeah. Good question. Uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, asks, which of the Mr. Men characters best describe you? Is that the, the Olympics we sport? Yeah, most famous for Mr. Men in the Olympics. That's the only thing I know about him. <laughs> I don't know any of the characters. Do you? Well, I'm looking them up right now. There's that one with the big nose and the one with the big feet, and then there's the yep. one that has the pole for a head. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, oh my gosh, freaking Pinterest! You can't do anything on there. Yeah, for God's sake, uh, sign in, boat. <laughs> yeah, I, I never sign in anything. Um, I don't know. I feel like I could be um, Mr. Bump. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna hey. Mitsuyama put one up there, Mister Nonsense. I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll own that. that. That's a good. That one. literally sums up my existence right there. <laughs> Chris Folds asks, as a recent stand-up paddleboard owner, I've been amazed at the sheer beauty of the land from the river perspective. Uh-huh. What are your favorite spots of natural beauty? Uh, what was it he said he did again? He's a recent stand-up paddleboarder. Who's this You've from? You've seen paddleboarders before. Who was this from? This is Chris. Chris Folds. Chris Folds. Okay, I can see him. He's Mr. Yeah. Athlete up there. Yeah. Um, can you imagine doing that? No. I would be drowned a million times if I yeah. did that. Yeah, I see. I Well, my balance is not very good just standing up. So standing up on something that's floating on the water. And, no then, and then using an oar. <laughs> right. My God. Can you have a Titanic of those? Because that's what it would be. Listen, why don't you go first? What's the scenic wonderment that you enjoy the most? But... Well, you know, we, we're very blessed to live in the great state of West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we are. We, we've got scenic wonderment all over us. But um, my favorite, you know, two of my favorite places are one, and this is sort of a, a cheesy answer, but I love sitting on my back porch and just looking off into the, the lawn, you know, the, the, the expanse behind me. 
and uh, seeing the tree line and stuff. I, I sit out there every single morning and I can't get enough of it. Uh, we're going to visit one of my the fa- one of my favorite places that I've always wanted to go because I think it's so beautiful from pictures, and that's Pebble Beach, California. Uh, we're going to California next month on vacation, so I've never seen that in person, but that's always been my favorite place to look at pictures of. So hopefully it will live up to it. You can be anywhere you, near Sacktown when you're out there. Uh, well, no, we won't be anywhere near. Yeah, because we're not welcome there. I don't yeah. think we're welcome in Sacktown <laughs> yeah. anymore. Um, I, listen, I am a real. You know, as you get older, I think you get a little sappier. You get a little easier to cry. You heard of all this stuff. Sure. Yeah. And I, uh, me and my buddy, who's also, he's older than me, we do a lot of traveling around Kentucky and stuff. And I am often bewitched by the sheer, I just can't believe we live in a place that's so beautiful. Uh, you don't, you take this stuff for granted until you leave for a while. When I was right. in Kentucky for 10 years, it was so flat. And I, you come out here, it's just so beautiful. I do love the trip down into Virginia through the huge mountains. I love that. Uh, take the turnpike down. 64. Yeah, it's just it's just beautiful down there. So there's that. I, there, there's a little spot out a trail at a park uh, that's borders the Kentucky River that I went on a hike one time. And there's a spot where you can kind of look it down over the river gap. It's so beautiful there. That's one that comes to mind. Uh, I'll tell you, this is going to sound hokey. But the coming out the back door of the uh, Green of Detention Center, after you've been in a detention center, uh, you come out into this beautiful wide spot in the in the river that where there's beautiful houses and trees and greenery and the mountains are you're you know in between them. It's beautiful. Uh, there's a place in Vanceburg which is not known for its uh, 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 natural wonder, but it actually is beautiful where these rivers yeah. converge. Uh, I love that. The point. Pleasant. Well, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times, the natural beauty of these areas is in stark contrast to the poverty of the people that that live in the area. So. I told you. Did I tell you? I don't know if I told you this on air. Did I tell you my locked in the abandoned prison story? No, no. Please <laughs> do. do. I, uh, I I do a site that has recently the prison went out of business. They just stopped having prisoners in it, right? Is that possible? It, it did. Oh, yeah, it is. And so this, it was due to be checked this month. And so I went there, and uh, there was no one. No one buzzed me in. There was no one there. And so I was. I searched all over the prison to find a way in. And finally, I found the back door of this prison was ajar. And so I was like, man, what do I do? You know, so I sort of crept in. I yelled. No one was in there. I snuck through another door, and I'm in the prison. And the, uh, the jailer's office is open. Uh, but the jailer's not in there. The light's on, so I guess he'd been there. I guess he's the one that unlocked the doors. And I was in the back of this prison I've never been in before. I mean, in mm-hmm. this area. Mm-hmm. And so I had to find where my instrument was, creeping around this abandoned prison. I went back there. Long story short, because this went on for a while, I managed to get the, the quickest service you've ever seen done on this instrument. I bet. And I, I can bet. tell you... That when you talk about stark beauty between something, opening that back door, pushing on it, and it giving, which was what right. I was afraid of, and opening that door and looking out into the mountains and stuff around that area was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I, I, ne- I almost kissed the ground when I walked out of there <laughs> because the thought of being... Uh, there's no phone service up here either. So the mm-hmm. thought of being locked in this place with no phone service oh did not gosh. fill me with the light, Boat. So yeah, <laughs> no. so there, the natural wonderment truly is all around you when it has to be. Flack asks, what's your favorite arcade or video game-related documentary? 
I've got to go. Listen, I've got to go with King of Kongs. I've got yeah. to. I know it's a, such a generic, and I've seen a million of them. But and I know it's the, a lot of it's you know wrestling up a little bit. Right. But man, the, it's so it's such a great sort of real story, and Billy Mitchell. And I know, boy, everybody hates, but this guy, the way they portray him in this, they were better than any promotion wrestling person that getting this guy <laughs> over. That opening scene where he's primping himself and is playing stroke, the stroke, right. you know, and it shows his hot, busty blonde wife sitting there and he walks out with that tie and that long mullet and he almost struts out with that. You're just like, my <laughs> God, what a piece of crap this guy is. And then you've got Weeby, this unemployed guy sitting in his garage like a bum, you know. Mm-hmm. God, it was just a perfect story. Yeah. I just love it. Plus, well, all yeah, the geeky here, here, stuff here's in the thing. The thing that makes King of Kong great, and yeah. I agree with you, it is the greatest video yes. game documentary of all time, is because of the way they tell the story. It's it, it, they, they did it so well. And it doesn't matter if the story is true or false. because yeah, it's boss. In terms of pure entertainment, it was great. Yes. It was yeah. great. And then they also managed to capture some of the other little goofballs that were around. Then you've got the, remember the guy, uh, the, uh, what was he was saying? It's like, someone's taking Donkey Kong to a lock screen. Everybody get over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kill screen coming up. Kill screen. <laughs> You're like, oh my God. And a lot of people, this was their first introduction in sort of the world of competitive arcade play. And what an introduction. And God only knows how many people this got in the competitive arcade play just oh, from yeah. that one documentary. So despite its various shortcomings and there are many if you just watch it as a as something to be entertained by it's it's great great yeah. love it yeah. um Treyguard asks he asked me he says has boat ever done inward talking or singing to avoid rests i've never done that while singing but i've definitely done inward talking uh to avoid being silent like if i'm going off on a long rant I, if i'm if i'm if i'm chewing out a student or trying to give a motivational speech, and I'm running out of air. Sometimes I'll <laughs> just and just like keep talking while filling back up. And of course, I'm unintelligible. But in my mind, I'm like, this is a smart thing to do rather than to just start talking. And I do that all the time, even though it's it's stupid. So yes, I do that. I do that often. Ah, hmm. uh, also asks, what's the worst meal you've ever had to cobble together because you or someone else didn't do the shopping? Well, I can handle that one. Uh... And it was because I had no money. <laughs> so there was no shopping to be done. Because my shopping when I lived in Huntington, uh, uh, going to Marshall, was comprised of whatever you could afford that was at, like getting ready to be thrown out at the local grocery store I walked to. Because I had less than no money at the time. Uh, I remember one time, I stupidly, someone had given me a bunch of booze. And so I had drank a bunch of booze. And so... Uh, you know, the next day you really need to put something in your gut. And I had the only thing I had in the house were uh, some bre- some old old bread and some packs of ketchup. And I remember having making old ketchup sandwiches mm. and and having a bunch of those. And I thought to myself, "Yep, you've hit it." <laughs> you know, I'm watching I'm watching bugs walk across the floor in my in my on my mattress that doesn't have a bed under it. And oh, I'm just like. My gosh. And I'm looking at a uh, looking out the window at a bus station. I'm like, yeah, this is it. Like I said, there's nothing more. The only thing more depressing li- uh, than living in Huntington is living in Huntington. And when you look out the window, you see a a, a bus station and a place that sells coffins. That was, <laughs> and that was my view right there. So it was the dirt worst. I, you know, 
living in that little dump in Huntington, it affected my life forever. Like, I've never, there are parts of me, physically and mentally, I've never gotten past it. And it almost seems like another guy. But, yeah, I remember having some really bad meals in that little apartment. Yeah, I, I cannot beat that, so we'll let that answer stand. <laughs> there you go. Pixels of Dawn asks, what's your favorite time of day? Time of day? Well, a lot of it depends on the day, right? Is it a work day or a not work day, you know? Um, I like, and also it depends, like, before or after. Like when I, after I've had my son, I like spending time with the son that doesn't involve doing homework. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's fun. But before I had the son, listen, I'm all about the night. I would stay up all night long because I was just that's the way I was programmed. The old unemployment schedule was great to me for a few months anyway. But I I was I worked nights for a lot, so it was nice. I liked that night. It was cool. It was quieter. No one's gonna be bugging you on the phone. So I, there was nothing better than getting a, a, a seven hour Pride show from Japan that was all in Japanese. Having a crap load of like third, th- almost out of date hot dogs and some big K, getting back in my easy chair and watching uh, six hours of martial arts. That was a, that was a good time. What about you? I am the opposite. I am a morning person. Oh now. man, my favorite time of the day is uh, probably during the summer. It's at around five forty-five in the morning. Uh, I love being out on the back porch and I've got a book. I've got my coffee. I've got the birds chirping. And I've got the sun coming up. Uh, it's my favorite. It's not hot again. It hasn't heated up yet. Uh, it's my favorite time of the day for sure. So we both hate the actual day. <laughs> yeah, and the actual day is no good. <laughs> wow. What's your uh, pixels also asked? What's your favorite time of year? Um. Hmm. If I had to pick, like, if if everything was arbitrary, it was just like I'm picking it, right? I like the end of summer turning to fall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bad side of that is, is that usually means school starting up, right. which I, I always hated school. It's around your birthday time. Well, you can shut up about that. But uh, so I would say that's probably my le- most and least favorite. I can tell you my least favorite time of the year: the second it starts to freeze. That I hate that. That's no good. <laughs> I can't wait till that crap's over. You know, my favorite. I've sort of flip flopped. I think summer is still my favorite season. Mm. Because it's, you know, I didn't have school when I was a kid. And then as an adult, I still don't have school. Yeah, so you're it's still living time. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so summer is great. But uh, I also really like the fall, but not the beginning. of Like for me, I really start getting tired of the heat probably sooner than most. Uh, when we go back to school and it's still 80 or 90 degrees every day, I'm like, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah. But I really like, like late October, early November, where it's like pants, pants weather, uh, but it's not snow yet. Because you're right, freezing and ice and junk on the road ruins everything. That's no good. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't ever want ice. I don't ever want freezing. I don't mind the heat. As long as it's not mm-hmm. ice cold, I don't, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, Batman asks, what are your favorite VIC-20 games? Well, I, I, I will admit that I'm limited exposure to VIC, uh, but uh, uh, I would probably say I think the Vic got an excellent port of Gorf uh, boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that that uh, sword of uh, Fargo is also mm-hmm. very good. We covered that on ARG. Mm-hmm. So those are the two that come to my mind. 
Uh, listen, you know, I love gore. I'm always, I must be the only guy. They were killing that old pixel guy I had a couple months ago, but I love that game. And the arcade, I thought it was a lot of fun. And the fact that you get a good competent port of that on the Vic, that, it's something to be proud of. Uh, I've never played a Vic-20, ever. Uh, I've never emulated a Vic-20. So, I'm sorry, Batman. I don't know. Yeah. i got to fix that. I'll get on a bat. Listen, you're going to piss off Batman. That's a big mistake. Heck no. Uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, asks, You've been transported back in time to a year of your choice. You're given a huge budget and one of the best teams in history to do as you please with. Oh, man. You've been asked to produce the next huge hit game across all platforms. What's your plan? What would be the ideal game you would want under your belt that would hold the test of times today? Easy. Rise of the Robots. Just roll. <laughs> I'll let you go first on that one, Bode. Um, I want to just be transported back, say, a year ago, okay? Because I'm not going to go that far back in time. I would love to see a space game that crosses the the uh, the trading and the exploration parts of Elite with a sort of linear plot, kind of like a Skyrim-type game. So it's like, here's a plot if you want it. We filled the, the universe with tons of NPCs that you can talk to. You can join guilds and all that crap if you want to, but if you don't want to pay attention to any of that stuff, you can just fly around and do cool stuff. And, oh, yeah, by the way, it's also multiplayer. So it's like you're seeing real people and you're seeing NPCs. You can choose how you want to interact. You can choose what you want to do. You can be a smuggler. You can be a miner. You can land on planets. And what I'm basically wanting is what No Man's Sky promised but didn't deliver. You, yeah, I was so I would say, deliver you're des- on that. You're describing the dream of many men. Right. And I yeah. saw uh, I saw uh, Robin just mentioned Freelancer, which is one. Listen, that is that's what you described. Is I mean, I don't blame you. As you went through that beautiful, I was thinking to myself, that is that is very uh, 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 exactly what we all wanted. Yeah. We wanted uh, something that had space combat. I want to explore plants like Star Trek. I mm-hmm. want, you know, and uh, No Man's Sky, that's sort of... I had a feeling, because they were they were promising an awful lot. Now, to their credit, they worked on that game a lot after it came out. And they oh, added yeah. a lot of the features that they promised. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, thank you, Soup. And thank you, uh, Jim. But, uh, uh, I, you know, I can't argue with you. I'll be honest with you. If I had a team and unlimited funds, and you could roll back... Uh, to where that project kicked off, like an, it may be a little bit earlier, uh, because I think I mean we've heard about that sort of thing. And wh- uh, uh, what the wi- what's that thing the Wing Commander guy's been working on for a million years? That's another oh, Star one. Citizen. That's yeah, right. Star Citizen. Here's another one that you had all this promise, but I mean, how long is this thing going to be? In? And they let they got sidetracked by everything. Here's part of a game. Here's mm. merch for a game. Here's a place to pre-sign up for the game. They did everything they could get money except for the fact of making the game, you know. Now, are they never going to come out with it? Maybe they're going to come out with something that's going to be awesome. Too long. If you hold on for too long, then people give up, you know. It's the Duke Nuka Forever effect. People are just like, hey, it comes out, eh, you're a laughing stock, you know. So yeah. I, I, I'm going to go. You talked me into that. I was going to go a different direction, but I agree with you. That's a darn good idea. If I had a team and unlimited money, I'd do that too. Well, thank you. Uh, normally, we don't take questions from the chat during Amigo Ask the Amigos, but Lions Jim Video left us a pretty generous tip here, so we're going to answer his we, question we, right we now. We can be bots. What you're we saying. can be bots. <laughs> we can be bots. He said, what celebrities have you gotten to meet because of the Amigos show? Well, it's amazing. We actually get to meet some. We actually yeah. met some. Uh, 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 geez, I mean... <laughs> 
we were. It was neat that time we were on uh, Neil's show. That was a real thrill. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was neat to meet Mr. Pleasance. Wow, that was a for me. That was quite a thrill. Uh, I haven't got to meet him in person, but just to chat with him, that was a lot of fun. Man, we've got the. I mean, in terms of Amiga based celebrities, you know, like we've got to talk to Amiga Bill. You've interviewed him a couple times, and uh, guys like Ravi from uh, from the uh, uh, from his, all his various interests. Uh, I think those guys were all great. Hey, uh, we didn't get to meet him, but the the we got to sort of rub elbows with the guy that did the voice for Lion O. He did a little clip mm-hmm. for us. That was pretty. That was pretty neat. Wasn't it? What do What do you think? Uh, probably getting to meet and interview Dave Haney. You know, because that yeah. was in person. Uh, that was that was really cool. Of course, getting to talk to the Oliver Twins uh, via uh, you know online, doing the online interview. That was also super awesome. Uh, you know, these are some of the real heavy hitters uh, in the in the scene. So yeah, we've got to meet quite a few folks. You know. Just to, because uh, we've got to take a moment, we never were going to meet nobody. We had, when we first started the show, we had nothing fathom. It's like when both well, said, you can tell that by the first people that we interviewed were literally just like people that emailed in that were like, Hey, I like your podcast, and be like, Hey, you want to talk to us on the show? <laughs> you know, another guy that remember Sven from Cinemaware? Yeah, Sven that from was kind of fun. Yeah, uh, we did a whole show with him. Yeah. That's the only time we've ever had three people, no, besides the Brent. The Brent's yeah. done that several times. But we had Sven on the whole episode when we yeah. did something. And yeah. Sven, that guy, talk about doing yeoman's work down there, because I don't know how, uh, that cinema was ga- gimmick, who knows what was going on. But he was ended up being a real nice guy. Uh, hey, I got to meet Jack Flack, which was great. He was a big fan. I still am. I didn't see that coming. Uh, he was a big deal, you know, so... Just for us to meet anyone was a miracle, you know. So it, it's been it's been great. I, I can't tell you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. We move on to L. Curtis Boyle, and he says, "What game on any platform would you like most to see ported to a different platform that never had it, console or home computer?" Uh, that's easy for me. It would, and it's the game that got me off the system, which would be. Uh, X-Wing, I, I, mm-hmm. how that never got an Amiga port, that hurt me. Uh, and that was the one that made me jump ship. For my buddy, it was Magic Carpet, would have been his answer. That was the one that made him jump ship. But there's games you want that, that don't appear, and that's when you know it's time to go, man. And that's that's the one that instantly jumps into my mind. Um, For me, uh, once I saw... Really, I guess it was Super Mario Brothers. Once I saw Super Mario Brothers, I I didn't. I mean, I still played the Atari computer, but I realized that there were we were living in a new era, and uh, and and the, the Atari was not going to get Super Mario Brothers. I mean, the, by that point, the Atari was already out of date with itself. Yeah, you know, with being an eight bit computer, and so uh, I would have loved. And that's why I bought Mario Brothers because my young self thought, "Hey, Mario Brothers! This is Super Mario Brothers for the no." And so, uh, but yeah, that that's it for me for sure. That was that was sort of the watershed moment when I realized that the world was moving on. You know, when you see that uh, what that uh, version that they did of uh, Mario for the C sixty four, right? We've I think you've seen that. I know Flack played it on stream. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think that that could have been done on the Atari? Um, they've tried it before. Uh, there's, if you look on Atari age, there's kind of a work in progress, but I honestly don't think that they'd have to make a lot more compromises for sure. 
I mean, the, the C64, the architecture in the C64 is like five years newer than yeah. the... Oh, the, I know that, but Atari. Atari can overachieve sometimes. Yeah, uh, I think that, you know, anything's possible. Yeah. We've seen things that shouldn't be possible, but I think that it would be a much more monumental undertaking to yeah. do it, and it wouldn't look nearly as close to the original as the C64 version looks, which really, I mean, it's a, it, it really looks great. Until I saw what they'd done recent with the Amstrad, I, mm-hmm. right at this point, nothing would surprise me on right. any machine. The, the, the Amstrad, the recent activity on there has been uh, just unbelievable, unfathomable. And the C64, too, but those, the C64 had a rep for being that kind of machine that was pretty versatile. But no one really, the Amstrad or the Atari, well, you didn't hear that kind of thing with those. I mean, they had certain limitations. And I, I, I would my, nothing would surprise me after seeing Pinball Dreams, for example, on the Amstrad. That that was a, a game changer for me mentally. Jason Warns asks, what do you feel is the best gaming character that epitomizes you? Hmm, what do you think on that one? That's tricky. I don't often associate myself with game characters. I guess I don't play that many character-driven games. I mean, like, do I associate myself with, like, the dude from Domino Man? Maybe. Um... I think I, I think I would be Wario. I think that'd be about right. Well, I mean, like I guess probably out of the Mario universe, I would definitely be Luigi. I would be sort of like cowardly and like like Luigi in Luigi's Mansion, just sort of like shaking, running around, cowing. There you go. Um, but yeah, we'll go with Luigi. Uh, TMX Discord asks if you had an intern for the summer, what personal projects that you have not gotten around to would you assign to this person? Would they be show related or just life related? Because I there is no, there is no. You can Um, you can answer this however you like. You know, for show related stuff, I would like to. uh, I've got all kinds of footage that we've shot over the years. You know, raw stuff that I just it's just of various computers. I would love to accumulate that together just in case we ever need it. You know, or some of the cutout stuff that we didn't use. That would be handy. But it's spread over so many different machines that, and it would take so much space. I've never bothered to fool with it. Um, for show-related stuff, I would love to have an intern go back and fix all of our uh, metadata on the podcast, uh, and uh, do make sure that our descriptions and everything, especially for the early podcasts, are up to snuff. But the biggest thing it would be to archive all of our uh, all of our audio and video shows on the internet archive because that way you know that if YouTube ever goes down or anything like that people can still find that stuff I've done I've tried to do a couple things the the network always gives out I don't know if I need to download like a special uploader app or whatever but I've had problems and they haven't been my internet problems and it's just very it's a very time consuming thing to upload stuff to the internet archive but I do think it would be worth doing for sure I don't I I, I it, it... I find it hard to believe that anyone would ever want to go back and hear any of our shows. I know that's, that's baffling. The fact that I could be on the internet archive, I find it slightly amusing. Something else I think we could get the intern to do is, and you you started turning me on this, was like adding chapters to all of our stuff. That would be all, right. all, everything in our back catalog. That yeah, take that would be long. great. Yeah. That would be great. Um, so if you're interested in becoming an Amigos uh, intern, please send me a message on Discord. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jobs sure available. Get, you'll get plenty of flooded with those. Mitsuyama asks, what's something you don't know? Well, let's try this again. What's something you know happened, but you still can't quite believe actually happened? Easy. I can name that instantly. 
I can't believe suckers got into our Capitol building and ran roughshod. That is the most, the most powerful country on earth can't protect its own house. Ludicrous. Yeah. I can't get that over is it. That, I, I didn't think about that, but that is that is crazy. I, I, what is more crazy than that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I, uh, I, um, I was thinking more about my own life. Sometimes I look back at my life and I think, I got a hankering in my head to call up the Ministry of Education in South Korea and ask them for a job. And then I got on a plane and I went to South Korea and I lived in South Korea for two years without knowing any of the language or ever being out of the country before in my life. Yeah. That still boggles me. It's my very mind admirable, Boat. That's that's a little spark that I don't have. I, I admire that greatly. Dave Velociraptor asks the eternal question, who would win in a fight between Boat, Aaron, and the Brent? Three men enter, one man leaves. Me. That would that's who would win. I yeah, would win. I guess you, you would win. Because you've I have got, no regard for my own physical well being. Well you've also got big guy strength. I mean, I've seen you hoist like mattresses and stuff up and down stairs that would kill lesser men. So. You know, in all honesty, Boat, being real first of all, it wouldn't be Brent. Uh, because he's a bitch. <laughs> I tell because we I, we would just clothesline him and take care of him. But I mean, you're a, a practicing martial artist, uh, and I am a practicing guy who watches martial arts on TV. All right. So in a legitimate combat, I would get blown up pretty quick. So it would have to be a quick fight where I could get hold of you, sort of mush you, and then sort of beat the crap out of right. you until well, you that, die. I mean, you'd, you'd basically just use your size to your advantage. Well, no, if you just if you just took several steps back. And I would run out of gas, and then you could just pound me in the ground. I would just lay there while you kicked me. So there's, I mean, it would they would be closer toss up. Uh, and Brent is sort of somewhere in the middle, I would say. I mean, Brent's never practiced martial arts really, but I mean, he's a little bit, but not much. But I don't. Brent would shoot you if he knew there was yeah. going to be a fight. You would just right. be killed because Brent don't right. play that. Yeah. Uh, Christian Russell asks, "Can you guys drive manual uh, cars, stick shift cars, if you need to? And how common are they in the U.S.?" So, uh, Christian, this is one thing that I've noticed about living in um, in the U.K. that's different about here. You know, in the U.K., manual cars are still the norm. I would say the vast majority of cars driven in the U.K. are stick shift. Versus here, uh, most cars are actually phasing out manual transmissions as an option even to buy them anymore. And I can't remember the last time I was in a car with somebody that that had a stick shift. I mean, it's literally been years. Um, now, could I drive a stick shift? Uh, I could if 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 absolutely needed to. It wouldn't be pretty, but I know enough about how to do it, and I've had enough practice to get down the road. Uh, the problem with driving a stick shift around here is that everywhere you go is a hill. So if yep. you're going up a hill and you have to stop and you have to do the old um, you have to do the old clutch shuffle to get going again, things can get dicey real quick. Um, but uh, I could do it in a pinch if I had to. But I am not a stick shift master. How about you, Aaron? I, I, oh, it's funny. I learned to. I started learning to drive with a stick, and I was coming up the little hill there that goes onto uh, uh, Valley Road from Main Street. Mm-hmm. You know where the mm-hmm. old uh, post always used to be. Yep. And I was stuck there at the stoplight, and I was doing a little shuffle, and and stuff was grinding, and someone I was like, "This," I was like, "I'm not doing this. I'm not. Yeah. I can't do it. It's it's crap." And so that was pretty much the extent of my knowledge with the stick. Boat's right. I mean, can you imagine you living up where you live? That how much of a hassle to go up and down these uh, these mountains with a stick? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a whole different, it's a different prospect to have one here. That might said people have them. 
I mean, there are yeah. people that have them, but they are yeah. becoming scarcer and scarcer. They are uh, not, they have less than 50%, probably less oh, than Oh, way 30%. less than that, yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, yeah. when was the last time you were in the car with somebody that had a stick shift? It's been a while. It's yeah, been a while. I mean, I honestly, I remember uh, Andy Martin in high school had an old Cougar, or maybe that was somebody else. Somebody had a Cougar that was a, that was a stick shift, uh, but... Like my dad, um, he used to drive one when I was real little, but since like 94 when he got the blazer, that was the, yeah. So yeah, it's been a real long time. Mm. Uh, actually the last time I was in a car with somebody who was driving a stick shift was when I was in France. Um, that was the last time. There where you they, go. Right? That makes sense yeah. too. Yeah. Eeps, Eeps friends, uh, that we stayed with, he had a, an Audi wagon that was a stick shift. So, all right. Uh, Pixels of Dawn asks, what's the coolest thing you've ever done? Go ahead, Boat. You've done a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I guess I'm going to... I I still think that being able to take a bunch of kids that don't know how to play musical instruments and teach them how to do it and then get them to the ability where they can play something and it sounds halfway decent and they feel super proud of themselves, I seriously think that's the coolest thing I've ever done. I mean, just speaking about that myself, not like stuff involved like being around my boy or whatever. Listen, I hate to harp on it, but it was a pretty big deal for me. It was uh, completing that 10K back in the day. Sure. That, that's a huge deal, I man. got dared to do it. No one thought I could do it. They didn't think I had the jack to do it. They didn't think I would work on doing it. And and uh, it was the worst that you could possibly have for it. And uh, by God, uh, I made it across the finish line. And, uh, uh, and not in record time, but I did get across... And uh, uh, and then had to walk a mile of the car on top of that. It was brutal. No one supported me, and I never did it again. <laughs> but uh, by God, I made it, and it was a personal. I could, very few people can pinpoint the exact moment in their life where they were at their physical peak, and that was the exact day that it happened. So I'm going to say that. Um, I I do think that that's cool. But when all is said and done, and all the tallies are collected. By far the coolest thing you've ever done is 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 be an awesome dad to Luke. That's well, that's by far. That has been quite a pleasure. Thank you, bud. Uh, Jonah asks, "Is Minecraft a proper video game?" You want to take this one first, Aaron? Absolutely, uh, it is. My kid plays Minecraft. In fact, I just bought him a new one of these Minecraft dungeon gimmicks for the Switch mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Uh, now, it's not a conventional game like would I play it? Nah. But, I mean, that's like saying is SimCity a, a, a video game. Like, it is, right? Don't you consider SimCity a video game, sure. Boat? yes. I mean, it's 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 a it's a more abstract, uh, creative outlet. Uh, it's almost like art, but it's still a game. It can be both, right? So I'm going to say yes. And, and, and uh, going forward, the stuff they're doing with the Minecraft universe is much more gamey than original right. Minecraft. So yeah. they've taken what they had... And they've they've uh, jostled into something more gamey, but I, I would say the original Minecraft is a game, but it it's a very borderline art type game. Sure, yeah, I agree with all that. And if you play, like you said, if you play Minecraft now, there are you know there are missions. There's a whole campaign. Uh, there's even like Telltale did, um, or I think it was Telltale. They did like point and click Minecraft adventure games and stuff. So Minecraft as it is now is a whole thing, but uh, even the vanilla original Minecraft, I mean, you're building shelters, you've got enemies that you've got to defeat, you know, you're doing stuff, you're accomplishing goals on a video game, sc- or, you know, on a TV screen, which is sort of what video games are. So yeah. Yeah. 
Chris Folds asks, what is your vision of the metaverse? You want to uh, you want to tackle <laughs> that one, Bode? Well, I, uh... I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he's asking, but I guess, um, you know, my I think the podcast is an incredible metaverse. I mean, when you think about, okay, the podcast is us sitting around talking for an hour, but the podcast has sprung forth an entire Discord community. Uh, we have the Patreon band. We've got all the people that watch us live on Twitch. We've got getting to go to Amiga Ireland. We've got Boat Fest next year. Uh, so the podcast is the is the metaverse. That is my version of the metaverse for sure. You know, while you were talking, I looked up what metaverse meant, mm-hmm. and I read the definition of metaverse, and I still don't know what it is. So I'm just going to agree. Well, with, I'm going to agree with Boat. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There, I don't know how to answer that question. I'm too dumb. Flack asks, what video game system could you completely erase from history without guilt? Well, there's a couple in there, isn't there? Um, video game system. So we're talking non-computer stuff. Right. Uh, so, what, do you have anything come, that springs to mind? I know you're a big JAG guy. Yeah. But I honestly believe that the JAG could be wiped from history and no one would be the worse off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 and it's not that I hate the JAG. I mean, it just it brought nothing really particularly compelling to the table. It didn't set the stage for anything that came after it. Yeah. It just kind of came, and then it was gone. I would go with... It's funny, because I'm going to pick on Atari, too. I'm just debating on whether it would be the 7800 or the 5200. Because mm-hmm. they were both effectively... I mean, the 5200 was pointless because it was just a computer. So you're not losing anything. It's not right. like they made a ton of great games. I'm going to go with that, because at least the 7800 had exclusive titles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The 5200 yeah. really didn't have anything. Plus, it right. had an unusable joystick. It was huge. It had a weird hookup to your television that ran power through it. I just... That console blows. So, I'm going to pick yeah. that one. Yeah. Here's a, here's a great question. David Z asks, what are your top three hard liquor favorites? Well, I mean, bourbon's number one. Are we talking about uh, actual labels or just the type of booze? Let's just go with um, the type. Okay. Right, so I'm going to go with, I mean, bourbon would be number one. Um, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is I Lie Scotch. The really peaty, mossy, dirty tasting one. Tastes like a Slim Jim. That is a, a, that is a tough one. I, I would not put that in my top three. <laughs> uh, you know. Forky list up there for you? I'm trying to decide, no. I'm trying to decide, <laughs> I'm just in my mind, I'm trying to determine what, it, what qualifies as a hard liquor. That's any. I mean, anything, anything that's, that's not, not wine beer, or beer, right? Yeah. So I would put. Uh, you know, I I really like. Um, Midori. Well, I would put. I mean, because I mean, bourbon and whiskey are sort of interchangeable to a certain degree. No, well, I mean, you can be more specific. Like bourbon's a very specific kind of whiskey. Right. Yeah. So, so you can put like Scotch, like, like Crown Royal. You can put up there as number two because well, that's not a bourbon. I like, um, I mean, if we're going to get into actual brands, I like Bullet. It's where I've become a big fan of Bullet. I like Maker's Mark as well, which is my bourbon. Uh, you know, I like, I've, I'll tell you, it's grown on me. It's tequila has really uh, grown on me a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I would probably put, I mean, in terms of, thing of what I drink the most of, because I like stuff like brandy. And stuff, but I mean, I would probably, but brandy's sort of like wine-ish. So I'd probably put vodka in there at number three. It's just the stuff I drink the most. I'd put those three in there. What about you? I know scotch, uh, that scotch. And I, I like some scotch, but I don't like that peaty stuff that you like. I can't handle that. Yeah, for me, um, I yeah, probably scotch is my favorite. Um, second favorite. Everything else is kind of tied. Like, 
I, I don't really enjoy drinking like tequila straight, except, you know, during Cocoa Talk. Um, the same thing with vodka. Like I don't sit there, I don't enjoy drinking vodka straight. And whenever you mix something with something else, it's sort of like, well, I'm, I'm drinking this cause it tastes good with this other thing that really tastes good on its own. Um, What's so your opinion I guess, of Jägermeister, Bo? Do you like that sort of thing? What no. You, to, to me, that falls in the same slogger, category. As, stuff like that? No, I mean, like, to me, Jägermeister and Gorky List are pretty similar. I mean, they have that same sort of, like, medicinal taste. Um, probably, I guess, probably, like, gin and tonic um, is probably my number two, but I've got to have the tonic. I just don't like to drink gin straight. And probably number three is a good margarita. You know, spiced rum needs to be mentioned. This is something I used to add rum in general. I used to I couldn't stand spice rum, but something mm-hmm. happened, and now like the like I love Kraken for example, which is really tasty, uh, sort of spice rum. So I, I'm gonna I may replace vodka with spice rum. I, I really who thunk it because I couldn't stand it. Tequila and spice rum I hated, but you know my taste changed as I got older and I kind of dig them. So I, I I'm gonna go with those. Cool, cool. Um, I had a bad experience with rum when I was in college, and I still haven't quite gotten over it yet. Uh, I can still drink it a little bit, but it's not my favorite. Uh, Jason Warrens asks, what video game are you most proud of completing? Is yours the Adams Family? No, no. <laughs> what, Although what is- I, I, I am proud to complete it. For oh. me, it's Final Fantasy 1. When I beat oh, Final God. Fantasy 1, I got my video, I got the camcorder out, I taped it. Uh, my, my buddy Logan was over here. We did a little dance. It was fantastic. What about you? You know, I always go back to it. I was almost said Super Mario World. God, that was a really fun game. It took me a long time to beat it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I really, the game, I, in fact, it was I was sad when it ended in a lot of ways, but it ended so well. Was I really liked beating Wings back in that. I thought it was a fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I went, went all the way through, just because it was so great. Just loved that game. So I'm going to go with that one. I don't think that genre, I don't think that genre was ever master topped in terms of the way it made you feel about the you know what was going on in real life. So I'm going to go with that one. Love me some wings. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, Flack asks, what's the furthest you have driven in a single day? I drove. Well, I drive a lot. I have driven from Hurricane to Houston in a day. Uh, and you it, did it by yourself? I mean, you were the no, only I person dri- I did the driving, yeah, the whole way. Now, I, I will say I didn't drive it straight back. I felt pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, and uh, we had learned, you know, I'd, we had I had ridden from Hurricane to Dallas a couple mm-hmm. years before, mm-hmm. and I had learned the perils of Arkansas uh, and, and the upper part of Texas, which it's nothing happening, nothing to look at, dark. And so... Uh, we had taken a slightly different route to get down there that was a little more interesting. And then on the way back, we came up through like Alabama and, and, and Louisiana. We completely bypassed Arkansas on the way back just to avoid it. That's how bad Arkansas It's not like Arkansas's bad. It's just it was just blank, blank, right. dark, nothing happened. Nobody got off the road. So, mm-hmm. but I have, that's as, I think that's as far as I've driven was to, was to Houston. Yeah, for me, uh, driving to Boston is the furthest I've driven, which is about 13 hours. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's that's enough. I don't want to drive any more than that. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I don't know, because I have driven. I did drive to um, New Orleans in one day. I can't remember exactly if that if that was 13 or 15 to New Orleans, but it was somewhere that that was also uh, that was also up there. But. I, you know, I'm past the point in my life where I like to do those sorts of things. 
Um, I'm, but when I was younger, I would be like, we're doing it all in a day, no matter what. And now I'm just yeah. like, man, after six or seven hours, let's just stop at a hotel. Yeah. You it's know, not worth I routinely drive over 300 miles for work in a day. That happens I mean, at least twice a month. I do that. And so I, I've gotten to the point now where I'm used to it, but, and a lot of people in other countries are like, they're stunned and you know, it's a long drive. But I drive 40 miles one way to work every day, so I'm kind of used to driving. If anything, anything under say 400 miles, I'm pretty good to go with. But once you get over that 500 mile mark or something, then it starts to get a little dicey. That's a long mm-hmm. drive, and if you're that Houston drive was a once in a lifetime type of thing, you know, you wouldn't want to do that again if you didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lord Soup asks, I used to have big trouble docking on Elite as a kid and teen. Then I cracked it, and now I can't imagine why I ever struggled. Do you guys have something in a game that you once struggled with that you can't really see why now? Absolutely. I, I, the game comes to mind instantly. It's Dragster. Where it's mm-hmm. a game where you pick up the joystick and you just instantly fail over and over without any reason as to figure out why. And once you figure out how it works, you got it. And then you can, And it's amazing how quickly you be, can become competitive at it. But, I mean, that's one of those games where I would pick up the joystick and just be like, what's going on? Is it broke? I don't know what's going on with it. So that's the one that comes to mind. What about you? I think that I'm in general, I'm better at platforming games now than I was when I was a kid because I've played so many more and I can kind of see through the tricks a little bit better um, to see, you know, what I need to do. Uh, There isn't a specific example, but sometimes uh, during TeamSpeaker regulars, I'll fire up the NES and just play a random platformer. And I find I can tell there are certain parts where if I was a kid. I would just give up. Of course, save states also helps a ton with that. Yeah, uh, no kidding. You know, uh, if you can save state and you can practice something. So really, I don't know if I've gotten any better or just the games have, have allowed themselves for me to become better because of stuff like save states. I agree. Um, Lord Soup asks, you find a space shark dinosaur alien that wants to be cooler. Do you mount lasers or rocket boosters to it? You know, there's a, there's a Ninja Sex Party song called Dinosaur uh, Laser Fight. Hmm. Uh, an old-fashioned dinosaur laser fight is one of the lines in it so you can't go wrong with the lasers uh boat so i would go ahead and and, and mount the lasers yeah I, I well here's the thing we talked about this at some point in the past this uh, <laughs> remember we, we we had it a, we had a laser show discussion we were talking oh, about yeah. the regatta yeah 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 you know like we often do on our computer podcasts and uh, and we talked about how lasers had kind of lost their cool because everybody's got lasers now versus rocket boosters. You still don't see people bebopping around town with rocket boosters. That's so true. I think I'm going to go the other way on that one. I understand. I understand. And finally, our last question of this month's edition of Ask the Amigos comes from Duncan Styles. He says, which old 2D title would you like to see reimagined as a 3D open world game? Open world? Mm-hmm. Gosh, that is a tough. That's an interesting question, but not easy. Does anything spring to mind? I'm sure at one point you would have said Super Mario <laughs> until yeah. that was done. That was yeah. stunningly. Um, it's really hard for me to think about any games that I'd want to play in 3D that I really enjoy in 2D because I know that the transition would probably not be smooth. And when you introduce open world stuff into it, I don't know. Um, I. Another great example is like the Simpsons arcade game. Like I'm sure people thought about what if we made this a whole world and that's what those hit and run games are, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, a couple ideas spring to mind. All right. I would like to see an old 
car game. Maybe something like a spy hunter, okay, in a uh, in a free roaming open world. That might be kind of fun. Uh, the I mean everything, the docking with the truck, turning into a boat. You know, that, the the fact that that game had several options for what you could drive around. That might make it more fun to be an open world game because you could have more expansive waters, for example. You mm-hmm. could have more places to drive. You could have different types of. You could even do missions uh, and stuff. I know they tried something like that on the PlayStation. It was a disaster. It wasn't exactly what I'm in, in, have in mind, uh, but uh, I think that would be kind of fun. This is going to shock you, but just the thought of it, it's such a weird idea. I would like to see something like a zookeeper. Where you actually do that. That would be crazy. Now, what you'd have to do, though, because I was thinking about this in terms of what we just played, which is Drop Zone, you would need a bottom radar so you can know how many people were ahead of you to whether you could jump them or not. And then it would be in, it would be from Zookeeper's perspective, including all the extra levels where you have to jump up to the top. That might get real crazy. Uh, maybe put some ledge grabbing in there for the zoom the Zookeeper as he moved from ledge to ledge. But that might be hideous, too. So, But those are a couple that come to mind. Yeah, we got some we got some responses, some good responses in the chat. We have a uh, super frog would be interesting to have in a uh, your favorite boat. Think yeah. of all the three dimensional pickups. It'd be amazing. Yeah, you of still them. you still don't have variable height jump though. No matter no matter what you do, you always jump the same height. Jet set Willy, Aaron. What do you think about oh. a free roaming jet set Willy? Just when you thought jet set Willy wasn't hard enough, they're gonna put it. In 3D. Oh my god, that would be tough. Is uh, Syndicate. Somebody says syndicate. Zimtha said syndicate. That would be great. Talk about an awesome because that, that that was sort of an open, not really, but kind of an open it's world sort of, game. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Who said that? Uh, that would Zimthuit, who has Good joined job. us. Uh, perhaps you know Amiga Bill. Thank you so much for the raid. Uh, and uh, he's this is a first time chat, which informs me. Yeah, good, good, um, good one. It take attack, Aaron. I could go for that. You're you're worse than the Brent. When it comes to pronunciations, horrible. Listen, you leave bomb six the base out of this. <laughs> the bass, get it right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this month's edition of Ask the Amigos. Uh, if you're just now joining us, we went through uh, all of our Discord community's burning questions on the Ask the Amigos chat. If you are a Discord, uh, if you support any of our shows on Discord, patreon.com slash Amigos podcast, uh, you get access to uh, our Discord server, and you can ask a question on the Ask the Amigos channel, and we will answer it next month. So thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it, and we will catch you on the flip side. Adios. Adios.